millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is an hour of manliness. This is an hour. Welcome to the Mouth of Manliness, um, with me, Nick Noise, and my guest, Johnny Baker. Welcome. Hi, everybody. Thanks for coming on, Johnny. Uh, so, initially, it was my friend, Mark, um, ran into you at an awards ceremony. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was the Diana Awards. Um, and I was I was representing uh, Worth It Positive Education, which is one of the uh, social enterprises I work for. Um, yeah, so a, a group of young people. Actually, I didn't I didn't deliver that particular training, but uh, my colleague couldn't make it, so she asked me to go in her place. So I went along, and uh, yeah, what an amazing event! Yeah, Mark seems to enjoy it. Um... Mark is a very, very uh, lively fellow, isn't he? <laughs> he is, yeah, you can say that again, yeah. He, uh, he calls me Dave Grohl. Uh, he's, got, like, he's got a rehearsal studios, and I've first, like, I've, quite a few of my friends know him anyway. Um, but, yeah, I, I used to rehearse at his rehearsal place, and, and he just called me Dave all the time. Oh, Dave, <laughs> Dave fucking Grohl. Uh, <laughs> one time... Um, Someone I know was uh, seeing the tattoo artist, Kat Von D, and she came over from America and went to a club, and I was there as well, and I was talking to her. And he was going, mm-hmm. well, look, Kat, doesn't he look like fucking Dave Grohl? He's fucking Dave Grohl. And then, uh, and then she was like, oh, look, yeah, I know Dave Grohl. And she was showing me, like, private, like, you know, just, like, photos of Dave Grohl that when they've been, like, doing stuff together and that. And, oh then, uh, and then I was going, uh, well, I could top that. There's a picture of my kids in the garden. And she was like, so sweet. She was going, oh, that's brilliant. And then as, <laughs> as she's going through her phone, uh, I see pictures of like Josh Homme from Queens of the Stone Age, someone from Led Zeppelin, Lemmy. And I'm like, I think you've won. Wow. I think yeah. you've won. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. I mean, you know, your kids in the garden, you know, that's got to mean a lot more, hasn't it, really? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, as far as cool goes, I think she won the cool points that day. Um, yeah, probably. 
So what I was talking about is I saw on your Facebook page that you went to Kayad. Yeah. And so did I. Did you really? Yeah. Oh my God, small what world. You, Which What campus? So I was at Maidstone. Well, I did my um, foundation at Canterbury. Then I went to Maidstone to do my degree. So, yeah, um, I went to uh, Kayad to do my degree in fine arts and I only lasted a year um, it was a uh, I was expecting university to be like National Lampoon's Animal House and uh, it, it really wasn't like that it's kind of more like yeah. college isn't it then yeah well, was it the one in Canterbury you went to yeah yeah it's like on the same campus as a college isn't it so it's it's not a pro it doesn't feel like a proper uni or anything yeah. actually both of them don't the Maidstone one as well but that's closed now they're both on like the same campuses as schools and stuff. Um, yeah, it didn't feel like a proper uni, um, but I had a right laugh and I learned a lot, definitely. Not necessarily about art. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, did, I didn't become an artist. I didn't become a graphic designer, which is what I was kind of headed towards. But I did discover hypnotherapy. And oh, I kind of got... Yeah, I did. I, well, you know, I think... Like my whole um, degree was really a process of, of me just being more and more fascinated about the human mind, how it worked. Um, experimenting on my own mind a little bit with, uh, with some psychedelic substances every now and then. Um, and, and it just kind of got me, yeah, it really, it really got me fascinated about how the mind works and and I, as soon as I finished, I just enrolled on a, a hypnotherapy course because I, I knew that was for me, you know, that's what I wanted. Yeah, that, it was good. So was that, that's really interesting. That's kind of a nice way to get there, actually. Um, most people are like, oh, I can't be an artist, so I'm going to have to do something else. Uh, but yet yeah, you kind of found it through art, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I, I, I did kind of, the thing is, I was doing a graphic design course, but really most of our work was much, I, I don't know, it, we had a lot more freedom, which was really good in some respects, but it did mean that we weren't really prepared for the world of work. Um, but that was probably a blessing in disguise for me because I got to, um, yeah, explore a lot and create whatever I wanted really that communicated something clearly, as long as it communicated clearly that I could create whatever I wanted. So, um, so yeah, that, that was, I think that's a process that everyone should go through like as early as possible actually to, you know, to discover what they, their purpose is really what they want and what the world needs and, and how to kind of fit them both together. Because so many people, like even now that uni fees are so high, they go, they just, and I'm working at the moment, I'm coaching a lot of young people who are um, sort of year nine to year 12. And so a lot of them are thinking about uni and, and ask them, you know, what's your purpose? Where, what, what do you want to do in life? Um, and and they'll, always talk, they'll always talk about, I want it. I want to do this course. I want to go to this university and they don't really kind of think beyond that. And the whole point of education is that it's for the rest of your life really. So it's, there's no kind of wider context there. 
No, there's not. No, there's not. That's so true. And you know, like, um, like I, I work with a lot of young people, uh, and they, you know, you're always people are always saying to them, like, so what? Yeah, what do you want to do? Like, what job you're gonna get? What you're gonna do? And I, and I just think it's such a loaded question, and they ask kids from such a young age, like, you know, oh, you've got to do well in your exams so you can get a good job, etc. But they don't actually ever really think about it in terms of purpose. No. You know, like, and uh, and I think that's kind of where they're missing the trick, really. It just all seems like, yeah, just about earning money and that's it. And, um, yeah, I, I don't really see the world in that way, really. No, well, the world isn't that way, I guess, I think, really. it's. Um, I mean that's what makes people happy and fulfilled as well yeah. as, as well as, uh, and I believe that if everybody does what's in them to do, um, that, you know, all the, there'll be like, everything will get done. <laughs> you know, I think and it will get done well and everyone will be. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I, I read a, I read a book um, that was basically about, that really about finding your purpose and your purpose mm. being the thing that you kind of like doing uh, mm. and managing to make that into some way that you can like it can sustain you and mm. I, I kind of yeah that I agree with that very much but it's quite difficult to do in a world that's kind of steering you towards just making money yeah, yeah. it's quite difficult so tell us about um what so you said that you that you've been working with kind of school kids towards towards the end of their school their school time. So what is it exactly that you do, Johnny? Give us a, a kind of snapshot of what what it is that you do. Sure. So it is it is quite various. Um, so I've been like I said since I kind of finished uni, I've been on a I've been doing uh, hypnotherapy. Through my hypnotherapy, I got into uh, NLP, which got me into coaching, and then I and then later on, I studied psychology to kind of underpin it all. Mm -hmm. And um, and then when I, I five years ago or so, I moved in with my better half, who I live with now in London, and um, and that's when I because I kind of I was like previous to that, I was living in Kent and. Um, so I kind of had to change what I do because I didn't have my one-to-one co -one coaching and therapy base. Right. So I started working with a lot of social enterprises with young people and uh, have been doing that ever since. And yeah, and then since the lockdown, I've got back into a lot more of the one-to-one -one stuff, which is great. So the social enterprises I work with are, I don't, I mean, I'm not sure if anyone would have heard of them, but there's, there's my bank. It's fairly well known and so we work with um, well the program that I do with any them with with them anyway is is um, called money works and I work with youth and community groups so it's generally um, young people that are given the label of neat not in education yeah. employment and training yeah so um, it's kind of the more rough and ready end of the spectrum which I quite enjoy actually. And, uh, and that's all about personal finance. So it's really, a lot of it's quite, you know, it's fairly basic stuff, but it's how does tax work? And how do you, you know, um, if you need to, to get a bank account, what kind of bank accounts to get, what to look for, 
um, how to budget, how to think about your, your spending habits. And again, kind of stuff that we all really need to learn, but don't generally get taught. Um, so I do that with them. Uh, there's, I think I mentioned as well, worth it as well, positive education. Yeah. And uh, we do one-to-one coaching, and which is what I've been doing with them recently with young people. Uh, and it's all about mental health. It's, uh, it's building well-being, building resilience uh, in young people. So that, yeah, so there's a bit of one-to-one with that. I also do a lot of uh, teacher training and uh, training uh, young mentors so that they can kind of look out for other kids in school and, and stuff like that. Um, there's another organization called Higher, uh, London Higher, not Higher London, um, who, um, so they help young people to act, to kind of move on to higher education, but just think about whether they really want it or not and, and whether it'll tick their box or whether they want an apprenticeship or something like that. Um, and oh, Future Foundations as well, they're, they're amazing. So they're all about um, social development, I suppose. So uh, we'll generally we'll go into a school and they, once a year they also have this, um, this global event as well where people come from all over the world. And it's about looking, addressing the issues uh, that are happening in the world, you know, climate change, equality. Um, you know, there's like 17 UN goals that, they, that the UN have. And uh, so most of what we do is addressing, you know, we, we help these young people to create projects where they address one of those goals oh, really? or more and, uh, and create a project and, and see it through. So, yeah, that's about it. And then alongside, I have my own business where I, I do, you know, it's generally with adults um, doing hypnotherapy and coaching one to one. So there's a lot going on. You've ticked loads of my boxes there of things that I like and am involved with. Um, so, yeah, I work with uh, young people who are neat as well. And um, it's, it's amazing because, you know, like uh, budgeting and all those really basic things, they're basically, I see them as key skills. I don't know why they're not taught as key skills. Um, and, you know, like a lot of these kids, they're not... Um, I meant to say young people, but I hate that term, I find it. That's all right, yeah, I prefer my kids as well. Yeah, I find young people just feels a bit a bit naff. But, yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of the time they're just kind of lost, aren't they? And they don't, they don't like the system that they're kind of forced into with school and things. And then, um, and then they, they keep being told that they've got to kind of get into the system in some way. When at least, you know... I think quite often it's about just just basically trying to build up a kind of rapport with people and you know and then trying to guide them gently into thinking about what they want to do and how they might be able to do it but it's amazing because a lot of those kids like their their uh, self esteem like they don't present that way but their their actual real self esteem is incredibly low you know they've mm-hmm. had difficult lives they've been experienced loads of trauma more often than not uh, and mm-hmm. they don't actually think much of themselves aside from, you know, they might be old, you know, and, uh, yeah. and, and then we try and kind of bracket them in with everyone else and try and get them to fit in with, you know, what, what typically should be. And it's like, 
no, that's never going to work. You know, like, like they're going to be really good at some things. Even if they're selling drugs, they're going to be really good at selling drugs. So it's like, well, how do we kind of turn that into something positive? You know, it, there's ways and means. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, when you talked about trust, because I think as an adult coming into that situation, it's funny, I, I never feel like an adult really, but to them I am. <laughs> and uh, if you could, you know, I think a lot, a lot of those kids or just people in those situations, maybe they've got a breakdown of trust uh, with adults or something like that. So, and that's the, probably the biggest challenge really and the most important one and when you can kind of do that then they they're going to listen to you and they're, they're like wonder what you think and wonder how you see the world and then and then it's easy well it's not easy but it's it flows a lot better like that you know when you get to that point with them yeah if they kind of trust you then they'll listen to you you know but yeah. otherwise you don't got a chance and if you're telling people what to do all the time like, I don't like it when people tell me what to do. So you instantly right. put up a wall and they've just been told what to do most of their lives. So it's, yeah. And the other thing, um, yeah, hypnotherapy, I have hypnotherapy and I love it. I, I absolutely love it. Um, I'm a, a massive advocate for hypnotherapy. I, um, I had it uh, like every week for about a year and uh, combined with the hypnotherapy, like the guy who did it, it's like I'm, I'm friends with him now. Um, we, uh, we, it'd be really long, like two hour sessions, we'd have an hour of basically of talking, but a lot about mm -hmm. psychology and philosophy and that kind of thing. Uh, and then like an hour, maybe 45 minutes of a hypnotherapy. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, I'll never forget my first time. Never, ever forget it. I, I, I just remember. I just poured with sweat and I just uh -huh. sank into the chair and like everything was just taken off of me for for a week, I reckon. It was amazing, absolutely amazing. amazing. Uh, it was weird because I never really felt like I went under completely. Um, but I think I kind of came to the conclusion that, um, that you've got to just not be thinking about that you know like if you're spending your whole time thinking i'm not going under then you're not getting the benefit from it you've just got to kind of roll with whatever happens and um, yeah absolutely yeah i absolutely loved it i loved it and um yeah psychology as well so i'm interested in my wife did a psychology degree um like years and years ago and um i'm probation officer by trade so a large part of that was psychology as well um, yeah. sociology but the psychology was the bits that kind of stuck with me um yeah because it's fascinating uh yeah my wife always said that she was told right at the beginning that all psychology is either obvious or it's bullshit and uh <laughs> and i i kind of think wait well, yeah, i can see that because uh a lot of it is it, it's kind of um explaining what you kind of know yeah often it's just like putting it in a box for you yeah, it was strange for me studying psychology because I came to it, usually most people will study psychology, which is generally quite academic. Yeah. And then they'll go on to become a practitioner in some way, but I did it the other way around. Mm. So, and that, yeah, the common, like where, the way we think about psychology is, is that 
as a practical thing you know you see a psychologist and they'll help you to practically to like do something and some do but most of it is is just study it's just academic so so yeah it, it, i mean i knew that's what it was going to be when i when i started the course but it took me a long while to get to that point because i thought that i mean i'm not going to learn anything that i can use with people doing this um but it was it was really interesting because you just it's like you learn so much about what other people have done and what they've discovered and you know that's really useful from a, a different like angle you know yeah i kind of feel like i use it all the time psychology though you know like when you're trying to understand why someone might be behaving in a certain way or you know or they've done a certain thing because that applies to my job so quite often yeah. the psychology bit of it's quite important uh, yeah. And then I'll be like, oh, well, that, 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 that all makes sense. But you tend to find yourself sitting in a position where you think you've got it sorted out and then you don't budge. And that's like, that's mm -hmm. the problem. So, um, yeah. so how come, so did you have uh, hypnotherapy and then like, that kind of just like really inspired you? Well, I, no, I didn't actually. I mean, I did when I was... I was about 13 years old. No, I was probably a bit older than that, but I got a job in a pub when I was, the first one I got was I was 13. and I, I kind of worked in a pub, various different pubs for like years, just washing up. And um, one of the places I worked in, there was this guy who seemed quite interesting. He was also a hypnotherapist. And, um, and yeah, he, he seemed to have it all together, really. He, he just, he never really... Like his wife really wanted to own a pub someday and he thought, okay, let's just do it. And it see, and he made a huge success of it and sold it and kind of moved on and did something else. And it seemed like everything that he did was, you know, he was winning at, he was kind of succeeding at. And I didn't quite get it. I didn't know why. And I don't know, I thought maybe um, hypnosis was something to do with it, hypnotherapy. Um, so that kind of got me interested. And then... Yeah, I didn't actually, I never really had like a, 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 an, experience, like an experience of being un, in hypnosis before I started the course, actually. And then we did a lot, you know, the, the, the whole course was literally just practicing on each other every day yeah. and, um, and really getting to grips with all the techniques and kind of, so it becomes like second nature and you recognize, you know, the responses that people give that let you know where they are in, in terms of their state and um and, and that it's the it's like the micro movements and, and things like that you kind of really tune into to what's going on in someone's internal world when their eyes are closed and when they're not really speaking but they're saying a lot you know um so that's uh, that's and that was re really good training for me for for everything not you know just outside of the practice room um you know everything that i'm doing now is is built on that really yeah kind of like learning people's like non-verbal cues but in the real real detail so yeah you, you could see how someone could apply that and then be successful just be able to kind of judge what people are doing like quite a very quickly and early it's similar to it yeah. um, so nlp is something else i'd be quite interested in um but i've I nose around in this kind of stuff all, all the time. Um, mm. And um, there were elements of NLP, but in a more basic way in my degree. 
uh, like I did like two year kind of on the job, but it was really intensive and we covered everything. It's pretty amazing. They don't do it anymore. Um, I remember one day uh, I went to uh, my friend uh, is a promoter. He had a meeting with another promoter and mm -hmm. basically the other guy really wanted to get him to buy into things. Uh, mm -hmm. And I was watching him and he was doing everything, you know, like kept, whenever he was making a point, he would like put his hand on his arm, you know, like, just kind of, and I was like, he was totally manipulating you. But after he came out, I was like, could you not see it? He's like, no, I just thought he was being friendly. I'm like, no, no, he, he was, he was getting you to buy in. He was selling to you. And he was yeah. using, um, I, I didn't know it as NLP at the time. I can't remember why I used it as. Um, but uh, yeah, then he went away and learned NLP because he was like, it's fucking amazing that someone could do wow. And uh, so, so what led you into that? That was through hypnotherapy because, so NLP, a lot of NLP came from studying Milton Erickson, who's like, a legendary hypnotherapist and how he did what he did and Richard Bandler and John Grinder were really good at uh, maybe like decoding what he did and it, he he taught other people but he couldn't really you know he could do it but he couldn't necessarily decode it and teach it to other people as well and that's what they were really good at so so yeah that's um, so on my hypnotherapy course we did a bit of NLP we touched on it here and there and it's and it, it struck me as a way of of practicing this stuff in the wider world in in your everyday communication and opening it up to that so I thought it like this is really powerful and and you know universal so just uh, if anyone's listening uh, NLP is neuro-linguistic programming um, <laughs> What's a good way to explain it, Johnny, for anyone? Because we're talking about it, people are probably like, what the fuck are they going on about? Um, so, so obviously neuro is to do with the, the brain, but we've kind of got a brain in our whole body, so it's our entire uh, nervous system. Um, and then we use language to uh, influence people and to communicate. Um, and then the programming part is is kind of reprogramming our patterns of thinking, feeling, behaving, our, our beliefs and values to, to make changes in our life. Um, there are, like, there's a lot of, you know, you ask someone else, they'll give you a different definition of NLP, and that's kind of one of the problems with it as well. So I think initially it was really about that, uh, it's about modeling. So it was looking at, people that were excellent that were do that were achieving really well in whichever way and picking apart how they did it um maybe they'll have like rituals that they did before they got into their process and for some reason i'm thinking of sports people you know it's, right. it's kind of you yeah, right. right. but but like it could be anything you know um and so that from that exploration from the modeling came uh, various different techniques that you can use um, and you can use them in all sorts of different ways coaching is a big one um, hypnotherapy sports education um, yeah all sorts of different things really I think um, 
so you know Darren Brown when he explains what he does yeah like he'll do he'll convince someone to do something uh, and then he'll take you through the process and it could have gone on for weeks um, yeah but essentially that's a kind of NLP isn't it yeah so he actually studied NLP um, he's actually strangely he's kind of uh, quite outspoken against it now which I don't fully understand uh, but he also actually he started with hypnosis I think before he before he studied at NLP um, but one of the interesting things that I've heard him say is that when he was uh, so when you're doing hypnosis you can do what's called a post hypnotic suggestion so you can say you know when someone's in hypnosis you say okay, I'm going to click my fingers and say, I'm sorry, I'm going to ask you to open your eyes. Then I'll click my fingers and say sleep, at which point you close your eyes and you go deeper into a trance, etc., etc. And if at any point I do that, again, you'll go back into that trance like, immediately. So it's a really good way to set up for like a next session or something like that, because they can come in, you can just go sleep, and then they're back in the trance. And... Um, he said he was talking about how he he was seeing uh, hypnotherapy clients and he thought he'd seen this person before he thought they'd come back for like a second or third session so he just went sleep and they went straight into a trance they went straight into hypnosis he only realized after the session that he'd never seen them before so he'd never set that post hypnotic suggestion up so a lot of it is about it seems that from what he's saying that a lot of it is about confidence and expectation. So in a sense, it doesn't really matter what you do as long as it's a process that someone recognizes value in that that's going to get them to into, to be able to achieve more than they normally can, then you're on to a winner really. So Yeah. yeah. And that kind of supports what some people say is that hypnosis doesn't really exist, you know, and it is just a kind of ritual and, and, and confidence. And, and a placebo, it's all about the placebo effect. Yeah. It's funny, uh, like my um, uh, hypnotherapist, he says he doesn't hypnotise, he dehypnotises. So he's yeah. taking away all the crap. Like he's basically yeah. putting you in a state that you kind of should be. He's taking away all the shit that goes around you that you don't really need. And I, I like that. Um, yeah. yeah, I think there's an element of, you know, if you're going to a hypnotherapist because you need help um, mm. and you're in a position where you're very open to it, you go in a room, which is a hypnotherapy room, the lights dim, the music goes on, you're kind of, I could see how you're already kind of halfway there. Uh, yeah. It's just, I suppose it's people, if they're not, um, if they're kind of anti you know, it's no good going there. It's no good going for hypnotherapy if you're if you're going to go there just to say it's bullshit, because it will be. You know, you got to go there wanting yeah. something out of it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you, generally, if somebody's kind of taken the effort to find someone, they've got something genuine that they want to overcome, and they've paid for a session. That usually weeds out the people that that aren't on board with it fully on board with it but you're right you know it, it has to you have to believe in it and you have to believe that you can if you don't believe in it you have to believe that you that it's possible to get something good out of it at least yeah and trust the person as well 
Yeah, I swear by it. I absolutely swear by it. I like talking about it because I, 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 you know, I want to promote it because I feel like there's so much benefit from it. Even if it's like I found, even if it was just that um, for an hour, um, like it was my hour, you know, and like, I could just have an hour out of life. Um, and if I didn't feel like I necessarily kind of went anywhere, I at least felt incredibly relaxed. Um, yeah. And I thought that was worth the money in itself. You know, that was worth it on its own because you never get that relaxed. You know, even when you sleep, you're not, I was never as relaxed as that. So I'd always come out feeling like I'm ready to take on the world again. And like, that's, that's worth its weight in gold, I think. I really do. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it was funny. Like, I, uh, my my daughter, sorry, was having a lot of anxiety, and I suggest she have a session with uh, Peter who does hypnotherapy. And she felt mm. really relaxed afterwards, but she was like, it's just so kind of cliched and uh, and uh, just you know, it, was, it just seemed really cheesy. And I was like, oh, yeah, it kind of is, you know, like, like everything mm. that works is is really you know like it's like yeah you have to kind of let that go because everything that works is really simple and basic you know like, yeah. like in life that's yeah. pretty much how things work it's just the, the world tells us everything's you know like you, you feel like you need more you know like you need something more extreme it's like you don't no yeah and there's a lot especially with hypnosis hypnotherapy there's there's so much uh that comes from our culture about it that influence is completely inaccurate as well and, and really out of date. So whenever you see hypnosis in a movie, it's got like a sinister kind of background music to it. Or I don't know, it's just, it's, it is that cliche. They kind of ramp up the cliche part of it. I've never seen a movie or a TV show with hypnosis in it where it's, it's actually like a normal kind of session i suppose it wouldn't be as interesting then no uh, yeah it, well, yeah exactly it's always kind of um like kind of yeah doesn't come off in a good light and i think whenever i met some people that i was having hypnotherapy they always kind of make jokes about it and i'm just like yeah it's not really like that it's like it's, you know i feel great so well, i'm testament to it works but um yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I could see how that would then lead into NLP, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, how how would you apply NLP to kind of to help someone? Then, how does that work? Well, nowadays I don't generally do that. I mean, I I don't do it consciously anyway. I just it's just a because really the best way to help someone is to be present with them as much as possible. So throughout my NLP process, I learned a lot of techniques and and i suppose ways of altering my own state so i can be in the best place to help other people and and it just becomes like a automatic really so now i don't do anything and i make a point to do nothing and to to be nothing in a way you know um and uh, yeah but i suppose in the early days i would have i would have used maybe a few different techniques. Something I'd still do, I find myself quite using quite a lot actually with, is like playing around with submodalities. So what that means is, is like, so we have our senses, we've got our five senses, maybe more, but we'll work with five, we know. And then um, 
in order to get someone to understand a, uh, a feeling maybe, you can get them to describe the qualities of that feeling. So is that feeling heavy or light? Is that feeling moving or still solid or, or empty? Uh, where do you feel it in your body? Like what color is it? What shape is it? And so that is, is great. I found probably that's the most useful part of NLP and I've, I've always used that. Um, it feeds into everything, meditation as well. Um, yeah, so yeah, if anything I'd pick out, it'd be that one, I think. Yeah. Have you found, um, I, I find this all the time, that a lot of like the kids and adults basically I've worked with, I found most of the adults I've worked with are basically it's almost like they kind of they stop progressing emotionally at quite early um yeah and then they just carry on through their lives for a very long time sometimes it's like when they first started smoking weed they didn't ever stop being like a teenager it never really went like life happened but emotionally they never really moved on um yeah but i find more often than not the people i work with kids and adults is that their their kind of emotional intelligence is normally really quite poor as in Mm -hmm. they're either happy or they're angry you know there's not a lot of kind of in between so they're quick to so they feel anything that feels remotely difficult straight to anger and you're like yeah come back with me come back with me um why do you feel angry you know what's going on like why is it that you feel angry and are you actually angry with them or are you angry with something else and uh oh no you, you just feel sad or you're upset you know it's like yeah you don't actually have to be angry it's just like that's uh. it's almost like you've you've been programmed that way you know by everyone around you and maybe a negative family or something but more yeah. than not, I find a lot of people are really kind of really struggle with emotions and they struggle. It's partly why I did a podcast really is that, you know, my main experience has been of men struggling with their emotions, yeah. not being able to verbalize their emotions. So they go for yeah. you know, anger to, or they become depressed. And it's like that. There's, yeah. If you can understand your emotions a bit more, then you can deal with them a bit better definitely yeah and I, I yeah. feel like you know like you were saying about you know schools and it it's almost like these kind of things should be taught on a really basic yeah. levels like understanding yourself a bit better and it's yeah. just it's just missed it's madness yeah yeah i mean i've there's a there's a bit coming in at the moment to do with meditation and mindfulness which definitely helps I think but I know that and actually like having spoken to a lot of young people at school sorry kids at school whatever uh people at school um they find they they don't connect with it generally they find it like like you saying your daughter it sounds a bit like cliche a bit naff you know so I think we need to work harder to to find a way that uh, to kind of relate it to their lives, you know, to, to find out, okay, so, well, okay, what is meditation? What is 
Um, yeah, we'll go with, take meditation, for example. But I mean, we think of meditation as, as sitting down. We've got some um, incense burning, maybe, you know, a few wind chimes and cross-legged and we're going on and all that. And, and that's kind of meditation to a lot of people. And it puts people off uh, as people because they're so concerned about being um, seen in the right way and, and, you know, looking cool. You know? So it, we need to kind of have a different approach to it and, and find out. The thing is, most people access the reason I'm t- I suppose the reason I'm focusing on meditation is because that is the state that helps you to rise above your emotions so that you can understand them and you're not involved in them as much. Yeah. And that relates to hypnotherapy and NLP and, and everything. Um, so, yeah, where was I? The. Uh, um, I can't remember. I've lost my thread. <laughs> Um, uh, oh, you're talking about uh, yeah, how you embed it to. It's not just kiddos; it's, it's everyone. I think um, there's this. Yeah, it's, I think it kind of comes from, um, you know, like like goes way, 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 way back to the times of you know when religion was decided who was what religions we were going to have, and then mysticism yeah. that became you know. Yeah like uh mindfulness and um you know philosophy and uh meditation all those kind of things just became yeah they're mystic mumbo jumbo uh we can't do that because that's stupid you know uh because we've got to believe in in god and that's it and i think um we really missed something there it's a real mistake because essentially like Meditation is just about quieting your mind for a bit, you know. Like, if anything, it just yeah. quiets your mind for a little bit. And like, we can all like we all have days when we really need to quiet our brains down. Yeah, and we all have ways of doing it as well. And we may not realise what we're doing. Uh, like, I've, I know from back home, like, there's a few few of my friends that are into fishing, and. And they just spend time. They sit next to a, like a beautiful lake and, and that's what they're doing, you know. And they're so peaceful, but they're, they're ne- not the kind of people that would ever think of, you know, I'm not meditating, uh, but yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, they're, they're kind of, they're doing it. They're getting there. So maybe like, I don't know. Yeah, we need to, we need to think about how, how we get close to that and then build on it and make something more of it, I guess. So an, an exercise is a good one. If you're running, yeah. you can't think, can you? Like, you know, swimming, whatever you're doing, it's just, you know. Yeah, I, I was thinking sport is, as much as I really don't like sport, but I could see, you know, like before someone's going to do that 100 metre dash, they're like zoning out of everyone else. Yeah. And it's like, you could badge it like that, you know, if you're going to go and kick, uh, you know the penalty. Yeah, you've got to separate yourself from the things around you. That yeah, is the type of meditation. It completely. Yeah, you know, losing yourself in music. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. Absolutely. Yeah. I've always thought that mu- music is is the most powerful hypnotic technique. That everyone, pretty much everyone, has music that they like that moves them emotionally and and it does it like that as well it's 
it's so universal. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's why I'm kind of, actually, I don't know if I mentioned, I'm kind of combining music production with hypnosis at the moment. So I'm making, well, whether you want to call it guided meditation or self-hypnosis, a bit of both really. And that's kind of really, yeah, I'm really enjoying that. Yeah. Uh, see, I um I play, I do music. Uh, I've done since I was a kid, and um, uh, I do quite a lot of ambient stuff. You know, like on the guitar, just like uh, loads of delays and like slide guitar. So it's all like, and uh, I, I find that really. Like I find, um, like I do artwork as well. So I, I find um, there's a meditative state there because it's like you're not taking in everything else you're just doing what you're doing at that one time and you're completely in the moment yeah and you know that like mindfulness is about being present and you know and kind of taking it all in uh, yeah. rather than kind of worrying about what's coming up and and i find that art creating art in any way shape or form is a really good way of doing that i try and i often like the kids that i work with you know, mm. they're like rapping along to things, yeah. uh, to drill music. And I'm like, you know, that's really easy to make, don't you? And I'll pull yeah. out my phone and I'll go, garage band, put on a few loops and go, look, that's how you do it. Why don't you yeah. do it? Like, you like it, like just create something. Rather yeah. than going out and doing something stupid, it just create something. Talk about your life. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that's and yeah, yeah, we're kind of getting back into hypnosis as well because you, you're writing a song. That's sometimes I do that with with especially the young people I'm working with if they're musical anyway. Yeah. Write a write a song about what you, you've kind of learned in this session, and they're you know they're in, embedding it in themselves. They're kind of rewiring their their thinking and everything while they do that, as as well as getting in that state. Um, so yeah, but it's like it's interesting how music the performance of music and the appreciation of music have that in common you know it's both you're both connecting in that um yeah. in that state of mind i suppose uh music um is a motive isn't it and uh you know like you listen to something you haven't heard for a long time and it takes you straight back to that day when you first heard it or that period of your life and that kind of thing and uh, yeah. it's weird because uh, through lots of therapy, kind of coming to the conclusion that even the music I listen to backed up my depression. You know, yeah. Everything just backed it up. And uh, and then yeah. I felt really kind of short-changed. Um, mm. And then I started to listen to the music differently. Uh, but then I found myself kind of finding new things in it. You know, it wasn't, it didn't actually turn into a bad thing in the end. It turned into something like that made me appreciate music like the music that I loved in a whole new way uh, but yeah music yeah. certainly does do that yeah if ever you want any weird guitar I, <laughs> I'm man yeah I mean I was thinking that that would be amazing yeah, yeah I mean any anything I can sample would be brilliant yeah yeah I, I could do um, like record some stuff and send it over to you I've got like a whole set up in here actually uh, amazing yeah, yeah. I, I, I really appreciate that yeah yeah I, I record some I record like half hour or something just drag bits out if you like 
Just, uh, yeah, let me know what you like, play it back to me so I get to hear it properly, though, because that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, I will do. Yeah, um, yeah, next one I do, I you know, I can pop it in and play around with it and see what works. And yeah, I'll let I'll kind of, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, love it. I, I sit here and do it all the time. You know, sometimes before I do a podcast, I'll come in there an hour early and just be wheeling around just to kind of get take the day out. It works brilliantly. It really does. It and like if I'm angry, bashing the guitar, just it works. So have you ever like so have you found um it's weird because you know you were saying earlier uh, that the guy in the pub who kind of turned you on to the idea of uh hypnotherapy. Um yeah. Uh, have you so I was wondering if you've, if you've ever like had difficult periods and you've been able to use what you've learned to help you through you know because I always think oh, if someone's like a therapist or a hypnotherapist you know the obvious folks are oh they never have any problems yeah you know? right yeah. Well, that's not true is it <laughs> no, no, definitely not true no so yeah there, there are definitely certain things that I've used what I've learned to help me with but they tend to be uh on a smaller scale like if I'm if I'm preparing for an interview or a I'm doing some public speaking or something like that I don't you know I, I I've kind of done it quite a lot now so I don't really need to but I, I have used like certain techniques and and ways to to get myself in the right state for that kind of thing but when it, if it comes to like bigger things like you know, relationship issues, uh, depressive feelings, you know, and I've had that, I've been through things like that, you know, even after I've, I've become a therapist and, and a coach, then I can't do it. And, and I, it's as it should be really, because I come to the conclusion that we are, you know, we're social creatures and the only way to kind of heal is to connect with someone else who can reflect back to you honestly and openly. So I always go, always, I, you know, I go to either a coach or, or a hypnotherapist or, you know, I'll kind of find someone that maybe I don't know, you know, or, or who doesn't know me um, and, and go through that process with them because I know that that's going to work a lot better. You can self-hypnotize to a degree, but you can't, really you know the big things you need another person another like specialist maybe but it doesn't have to be a specialist it could just be someone that's really good at listening um so yeah i always go always go to other people i think it's much better yeah i really agree with that i think uh you know you were saying that we're social animals and um yeah it's something about connection uh like you know, you could have a really bad therapist and that's, it's not that they're a bad therapist more often or not, it's just you haven't connected. Yeah. Uh, but then if you make the connection, um, like that's, that's the therapy, you know, and it is, it's yeah. about being able to verbalise things out loud and um, to someone else and have them hear you. You know, like it, sometimes it is really as simple as that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I totally yeah. agree. It's like a, yeah, I mean, we can't, we can't be someone else as well. You know, we can only be ourselves. I mean, we, we do, you know, in a sense, we have like different personas inside our, inside our minds and our bodies all the time. And, 
uh, and that like hypnosis made is about kind of moving to a, like the more human part of our brains. Um, but you can never do it reliably to an extent that you're not going to self-sabotage or something like that. Um, unless you've got someone, yeah, who, who can do it for you with you. Yeah. 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 So have you had have you had difficult times and have you you've had like I've had depression most of my life so you know you kind of touched on it. I have, yeah. I've never really. Um, I don't know. I feel I do feel like I've been quite. I've had quite a good hand in life, really. Um, I haven't. I've had a really. Like my parents have always been amazing. I've had a great upbringing. Um, they're just. Yeah, I don't know. They're kind of almost superhuman, my parents. Uh, and uh, I mean, you know, I've definitely come across difficulties, but I, I don't think I've ever really had to suffer as deeply as a lot of people, especially people I've worked with, have. Um, I, I also think, and it's, it's a little bit controversial maybe, but I do think that I, I, I kind of self um medicated a bit when i was a teenager and um and i think through doing that you know especially with things like magic mushrooms i've actually and, and kind of sharing that with friends and having like getting together with friends and having those experiences where we're just in a in a really um a really strange kind of unusual place and we kind of need each other we support each other through that um many years I, I did that kind of growing up and i think that really sorted me out um they do say that and yeah. I, I had uh experiences with magic mushrooms which were always pretty positive um yeah that idea it kind of connects you to the earth it's really weird yeah I was talking about this yeah. the other day, but you know, like you feel like you're in rhythm with the earth. It's it's very yeah. Odd, but yeah. profound. Um, yeah. But then when I've done that LSD, um, yeah. I had that experience and then I had an awful one. And it was basically because I wasn't in that, you know, like you have to set up your, your situation, don't you? And yeah. it wasn't like yeah, that. You do. And that was the problem. And that yeah. And I've that, had. I've had like bad trips as well, you know, probably the first one I had was, uh, was like pretty horrendous. Um, and, and I know people that have been, have, have experimented in that kind of way and it hasn't done them any favors and they've come out of it in a really bad way, you know, and they're maybe still on medication now, um, like 20 years or so later and, um, to kind of deal with that, you know? So it's, it's like when you're that age, you don't really care too much. You just want to, you know, just uh, want to experiment. And, uh, and, you know, luckily it worked for me, but doesn't work for everyone. And it is, it is a risk. But risks are worth taking for sure. But, um, but I think part of, it, part of it being illegal means that, you know, it's, you can't get guidance you can't get help with that kind of thing we're not recognized people are going to use those substances whether they're illegal or not yeah you know and if you can if you can guide people through that process then you can get them to make the most of it and even if it is a bad trip they can take you know something from it and, and it's you know 
it results in 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 a good development in their life at least. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. The drug laws are ridiculous. People are going to do it. Let's try and do things safely, uh, and yeah. let people make informed choices. Uh, well, yeah, you know that's the answer all day long. I think, but they do say um, that they're kind of bringing it back. I watched uh, Vice. I watched the Vice documentary when they were giving people like small doses of, which was basically LSD or, uh, and yeah. you know, positive outcomes. But because of the archaic drug laws that they're not allowed to do it mostly, but yeah. they're starting to do it more. And there was lots of arguments at the time that um, it is almost, you know what I'm saying? That I felt it gave you that kind of sense of where you are on the planet kind of thing, you know, that you are, it's very, yeah. very hippie-ish, but like, yeah. I really have that experience. And it made me, now when I look, think about the things I've done since, as in, you know, I've done meditation, hypnotherapy, yeah. all of those mm. things, they're not, they're, they're all in the same gang in some small way. Definitely. And even, even mindfulness, yeah. you know, mindfulness is about, you know, yeah. stopping, you know, you know, you're part of a bigger picture here, you know, that kind of thing. And since, in the last couple of years, kind of revelation that that's what it's all about, really. You know, it's it's much more like nature and shit like that. That's that's all actually quite important. You know, it's not about yeah earning money and in cars. You know, definitely, and, and it is yeah. It has the hippie cliche, but I think we need it at the moment. You know, we've got like global warming, and it's just a I don't know how long we've got left and the only way to, to kind of pull that back a little bit is is to kind of recognize that we are like part of the same life form we're all part of the earth and we're all kind of we are the earth you know and, and um and if we if we re- if we recognize that then we're not going to damage it as much you know we're going to respect it more and and you know and that's what we need i think um, interpersonal terms you know like if we were all a bit more understanding of that kind of thing then we might all be a bit nicer to one another and, and yeah. help each other out a little bit along the way yeah it's really weird yeah. like, I was always like no fuck hippies no yeah. uh, you know like, I, I, I can't bear any of that and now I found myself coming completely round completely yeah. thinking uh, there's more to it there's more to it so We've yeah. come up to our we've come up to our hour, Johnny, and that just flew by. Yeah, and I feel like we've only just got. Uh, you, you kept talking about things I was really interested in, and you know about them, so I, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Ooh. So I was wondering if we could kind of wrap up with a few kind of like what tips and advice that you would give people that maybe they could kind of um, go away with, right? it might help them or think about yeah so like something i've been a few tips i've been giving uh, a few young people i've been working with one is that it's a really really simple thing and it just helps to to um rewire i suppose your your brain in, into like a positive mindset so we're all kind of you know naturally humans focus on negatives but we can kind of change that we can counteract that and it's just as simple as thinking of positive things and uh so one of the things i always get people to do is before we go to bed 
think of three things that went well. And it doesn't have to be things that went well for you. It could be things that went well for, for anyone, really. Um, and you do that every day. It's like building a muscle. You know, you, you, get, you, you get stronger in, in positive thinking. So I think it's like the simple things are always the best. And, and I think that is, you know, super simple. Um, and I suppose the other one might be like what I touched on earlier, thinking about if you ever have trouble getting into uh, a mindful, meditative, uh, hypnotic, whatever you want to call it, that kind of state, and a lot of people do, because when we need it the most is when we find it the hardest to get there. You know, if we're anxious or something like that, you know, it's like, it's sometimes impossible, but it is possible sometimes too. And I would find if you're struggling with that, try focusing on the qualities of how it feels or, or how it looks or how it sounds. Is it, if it's a sound, is it high pitched or low pitched? Is it, is it loud in volume or quiet in volume? It's a feeling, is it heavy or light? If it's a, something you can see, what color is it? What shape is it? And then, yeah, and, and just keep coming back to that, noticing the qualities of what it is. And then bit by bit, you'll find yourself, you know, much more relaxed, uh, you know, disconnecting, maybe not disconnecting, but able to see your emotions or understand your emotions from above or something like that. And uh, yeah, so those things hopefully will help people. Extremely good bits of advice, stuff that I do. Um, like if I'm feeling really negative, I'll start focusing on what things, what things, um, do, what do I like in my life? You right. know, like, what am I proud of? You know, those kind of things. And I do it before I go to bed. Like when I've yeah. been mentally ill, I normally think about who do I want to kill? But nowadays I'm like, uh, what am I pleased with? What am I yeah. proud of? Like, what did I do that I really like today? You know, just real simple stuff. And you're right, the more you do it, you find, yeah. like now I'm at a point, you know, 30, more than that years down the line where it's kind of, I'm more naturally that way. Yeah. yeah. You have to just keep doing it. Um, and yeah, the, the medit, like the, the medit, like thinking about your emotion in that yeah. way, um, yeah. it stops you thinking about everything else. Yeah. And it's like, no, you just bring your thinking in, bring it in. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, it's not, it's not really hippie shit. It's just like quieting your brain down. And that, yeah, this, that's nice. We've been doing this stuff way before hippies ever existed. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Johnny, I've loved it. I've really enjoyed chatting to you. I'm so glad Mark bumped into you. I'm sorry it's taken so long to get around to it, but it's been great. Better late than ever. It's great, yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. I'll stay in touch and I'll send you some, um, some ambient guitar stuff. Perfect. Uh, yeah, I'll make it into a meditation. Nice yeah, one. Love that. Thanks, Johnny. Thank you, Nick. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. This is enough of manliness. 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 Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.